welcome back to P.S. We Have Orders, a military spouse podcast where true crime enthusiasts talk about serial killer case that's not Ted Bundy. Hi, I'm Shannon. And I'm Harry. How you doing, Shannon? I am doing pretty good. Um, it is nine o'clock in the morning on my end of the world and we are waking up. Okay, that's great. You have the day off, I'm assuming? Yes, today is my day off. I After starting grad school... I realized because I am the queen of pushing all important things off, <laughs> I will just wear my tiara proudly. Yes. I realized that I need to give myself a day off in the time frame of mm-hmm. when all my things, like my major assignments are due, because this class in particular requires a weekly paper or a weekly thing that's like right. quite a few points. Yes. So I've learned if I give myself every Wednesday off, it gives me a good chunk of time to not only do my normal weekly errands of like grocery shopping and all that mm-hmm. but also gives me a chance to sit down and do those that assignments finish any discussion stuff and then i'm done for the week before it even is technically deadline time which is because of the time difference tomorrow yes <laughs> well that's great that's really good yeah so. so any anything new going on in your neck of the woods uh for like housekeeping um no no kittens but there's two pregnant mamas right now, so hopefully by the time they're done nursing, I will be able to take some foster kittens. Um, my big announcement is that I miss mask mandates a lot because literally my city lifted them two weeks ago, and then like yeah, the it was really recent, very recent, and then I immediately got sick, not with COVID, but just with a cold. Well, at least I don't think it was COVID. I never actually got tested, but I did just stay home. Until I felt better. It, it was garbage. And I, I mean, I had a bad immune system going into COVID, but I hadn't been sick. That was my joke is I'm like, this is the healthiest I've ever been was during a <laughs> pandemic because nobody was getting their germs on me. Yeah. So anyways, I went out in public without a mask on and everyone got their germs on me. So I think for me, I'm going to reinitiate the mask mandate per my own personal policy. A hundred percent. I I always buy whenever I get a chance and I go off go off base. I always buy like a couple boxes of masks so we can just put them off to the side. Yeah, I have a. I know they're not the most like efficient way of doing things because I know the cloth ones are a lot more eco friendly. But I like the paper ones because I like being able to throw them out at the end of the day. Yeah. So here's okay. Two things. First thing, I was told by my esthetician that I can't wear reusable masks because my acne is garbage. I also got a referral from my doctor. To go to a dermatologist, which I'm very excited about. There you about. go. Yes. I called them and left a message. They haven't called me back. Nice. I also talked to her about, this is like, okay, this is deep housekeeping here. So anyways, my mom has a blood clotting disorder. Somebody else in my family, I don't even know if they want to be mentioned by name or even Somebody. who they are. Somebody else in my family has the same Somebody that genes. blood clotting disorder. Yeah. It's called the Leiden Factor 5. Apparently it's a thing. My mom only found out because... Um, she had got cancer and then she got blood clots. So they ended up testing her for it and they found out. I also found out that it is a very common reason that some women can't get pregnant if you're trying to conceive. Because if your blood clots too quickly, it won't let things settle and plant. Yeah. So if you go on like a really, like a baby blood thinner, uh, a lot of women that have factor five lead in this whatever thing that my mom has, uh, they go on a blood thinner for like, a month and then they get pregnant and then mm-hmm. once they're in their first trimester or whatever they can just go off the blood thinner. Like, obviously you don't want to be on a blood thinner if you're like i like give birth but yeah so i learned that fun fact so anyways i got tested today 
on my lunch break, I went to the lab because I was finally able to do that. Um, I had to get a specialist to send in the test that TRICARE would cover it. (laughs) Because TRICARE wouldn't cover it if just my primary care was in, you know, TRICARE nightmares. Normal. Anyways, that's enough of me. How are you? What's your housekeeping? So, I actually have some pretty major ones. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously, this one isn't too major. In my life, it is. Um, I started my Sailor Moon forearm tattoo. Yes, I love the color. Oh, my God. It it it. is gorgeous. My artist, per usual, worked her beautiful tattoo ink magic, and I'm going back for my final one, like my (gasps) my second session to finish it this coming up weekend. So, like, by the time this post... I will have it done. I will probably post it. If I don't post it on my own personal page, mm-hmm. it might end up on the podcast. Who knows? You know, if not, you yeah. can always follow me over on my on my page. Yes, for sure. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I've really been enjoying it. It's kind of funny because I'm kind of doing a sleeve backwards. I'm starting with my forearm and working back. I don't know if there's Whoops. a wrong way to do it. <laughs> the really big announcement I have yes. is we have an assignment. Woo! So it is official. We will be, as of right now, unless things change, we will be officially leaving Okinawa by the end of the year. Um, We are still notifying family and friends, so I will not be sharing our assignment rip just yet on the podcast. Mm -hmm. But hang tight. It will be coming out soon. It's just, we still got to notify friends and family, because obviously if I post it on here first and not tell everybody, someone's going to get mad and get salty, and I don't want to start that. Any any teasers at all? Um, Any teasers? We are still staying overseas. Okay. All right. That's exciting. That is the most I'm going to give because otherwise okay. I'm going to give it away. Yes. Um, but we have been we have been blessed by the Air Force to stay overseas another couple more years. This will be our third stint overseas. I know. That's rare people get three in a row, especially like- I feel like I feel like we've hit that point where we're going to be forced to go back stateside after Probably. this because we've done so many years overseas. Yeah. Yeah. That's so exciting though. Ugh, I love it. But yeah, that's kind of like the newness in my life. Um, so yeah, I guess like our brains are starting to shift towards PCSing. I mean, before getting on the podcast, I already started organizing my desk corner. Yeah, for sure. I know. To it's it's going to be, it's definitely going to be. Before we know, we'll be getting our stuff packed. And that's oh, one absolutely. thing that kind of scares me. I Yeah. Even if you don't super love where you've been, there's always like a, there's always a morning stage that nobody really wants to focus on i feel so this is like a weird thought that kind of crossed my mind it's like this is interesting about being a military spouse is that for the most part you really don't stay in the same place for long for the most part we're kind of tossed out of our home not home i shouldn't say but like i guess like where we grew up most of us are taken out of our home states yeah for sure and kind of forced to constantly change and accept change and like for me change doesn't scare me per se but like I, I don't know. Like, I'm not nervous about the move, but I'm excited for the change, but I'm also nervous for the challenges that will be coming. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I feel like that's words that sound correct. That's not, yeah, that sounds, that sounds like something my therapist would say. So, <laughs> Hey, man, I'm working on that. I know. <laughs> working on it. Uh, do you want to switch topics and talk about the NMR? What is it? So yeah. NMR. Yes. This is actually something I think Perry actually came up with. What is a movie or show do you wish you could watch for the first time again? Perry? Uh, So I have one movie and I have one show. The show is House. 
the TV show yeah? House with Hugh Laurie. I have never watched House. God, I wish I were you. It is so good. It's so good. And like there's there's not really like a bad season, honestly. There's yeah. like a character that goes through a bad season, but like Hugh Laurie is always great. But it's to the point and like Will and I both love it and we watch it a lot. I've probably seen it all the way through eight whole times. So it's like we'll say like the first scene like the intro to the first scene I'm like oh yeah this is the one where the guy comes through the thing and he has that really annoying wife and it ends up being this one thing but then it's actually this thing is caused by this thing and she was poisoning him the whole time and then Cuddy dies like it's one of those things like I just know too much about it but I love it so much I wish I could see it with fresh eyes the other one is more recent than house is okay. Endgame like the Avengers Endgame because Watching it in theaters was like the most exciting thing that happened to me in the oh, last it was so 10 good. years of my life. And I wish I could relive that again because when you watch it for the second time, you realize the gigantic plot hole and I didn't love that realization. So I wish I could watch it with fresh oh, eyes. God. We'll have to talk about this after the podcast like rewatch and cry with you. <laughs> we'll do. We'll do. And it's just rewatch, rewatch. I've rewatched Endgame, so yes. don't worry about that. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. So uh, what about you? Okay, so I was originally going to say one show, but that made me think of a different show when you explain, like, kind of, like, rewatching it through second, like, second time watching it kind of shifts your opinion. Uh-huh. I would probably have to say Dexter. Oh, okay. Because I really hey, have a funny story about I'm it. only in yeah. season three. Oh. It's ah. good. <laughs> okay. It's really good. Okay. So I won't give you any spoilers. Yeah, because I was about to say, let's slide right into shareables, though, since we're talking yes. about TV shows, shows and whatnot. Is there anything that you've been watching, reading, listening to that you okay. want to share? So, there's a fantastic book. Okay. I know, I'm real psyched about this. Okay. It kind of goes with our theme today, which is kind of not planned. Um, I just finished, probably in like the last couple weeks, I finished Good Girl Guide to Murder by Holly Jackson. Okay. I read it. It's very good. Guess what, Perry? It takes place in Connecticut. Ha! Didn't even know that when I bought the book. (laughs) Nice. And it's really, it's, I don't want to give any of the plot points, but it's just really good. I enjoyed it. It was very well written. I had a good time reading it. I read through it fairly quickly. One gripe that I have Mm -hmm. is that for some reason, I did not see that it is a trilogy. Ah, so now there's more. So there's more, so I'm mad, so I did now I just ordered book two and three, mm-hmm. but I'm like, I should have known this when I ordered book one, because then I would have ordered all three, so I can just read them back to back. Yeah. Mm. But other than that, high recommend, um, I think I posted it on my Goodreads app as like a five out of five. All right. That's awesome. I enjoyed it. High recommend. That's awesome. You, Perry? Okay, so my, this is like... This was super mainstream two and a half weeks ago, uh, but since I was sick, I had time to sit on my butt and catch up on some stuff. So I just I, finished it literally this morning, by the way. Oh, really? <laughs> literally about an hour before we got on, got on, I finished like the last 20 minutes of the like final episode. Yes. So again, by the time this comes out, it's going to be super old news, but Inventing yeah. Anna, it was so, so good. It was so, so good. good. I... I think the actress, don't know the actress's name, but the actress who it, played She's in Ozark, Anna. too. Oh, okay. I have never seen that. And she's also in The Americans. Oh, never seen that either. Such good. a good job. I loved her. I loved her acting. I loved the accent. I loved, like, just the blatant narcissism and just the manipulation and, like, 
just like I I just I admire the audacity if we're being honest you know I really enjoyed the random digs she would do which is like you look fat it's like yeah oh the first time she said that I was just like look fine i don't know how she didn't hop over and just punch her i'm like if i if i was in her position i probably would have slapped her yeah it was it was great though it was a good watch it was really entertaining there's not that many episodes so i went through it pretty quick so sure so yes speaking of poor behavior yeah (laughs) we are going to be diving into a true crime episode this this season Mm -hmm. we might even do more either way apparently this is a serial killer that perry likes I wouldn't say I like him, but he's very intriguing. Okay, there we go. Yeah. I don't know if I like any serial killers necessarily, but we were talking about, you know, we love doing the true crime. We've done a lot of research-based ones, I feel like, other than our travel ones. So we kind of want to change it up a bit. Uh, and there is a military affiliation in there too. So there's actually a lot of serial killers are affiliated with the military. So right. I feel like we have plenty of content, which I do just, I know Shane and I talked about this, but I just want to bring it up. The reason that there's so many serial killers with military affiliations is because a lot of serial killers were very active in the seventies. And a lot of that came from men that were at war, whether it be world war two and now they're in their middle ages in the seventies. Or it's also part of, like, there's the Vietnam War, and then there was the Korean War. So there's, like, all these different wars going on, and a lot of men came home with brain injuries and a taste for killing. And Uh, also PTSD that was probably gone undiagnosed and untreated. PTSD. And, uh, yeah, so I think that has to do with a lot of it, which is probably why there's such an upswing of serial killers. Uh, But this one is much But we're not condoning. We were not condoning. Absolutely not. Go to therapy, nerds. But, Shannon, why don't you kick it off? Who are we talking about today? Okay, so Israel Keys is oh. the serial killer we are talking about today. Mm-hmm. So what I'm going to just do is go over some background yep. and how he's affiliated with the military, and then I'm going to let Perry take us on the wild ride of what has happened with him. And I'm sure we'll take our turns interrupting each other while we do it. Oh, hands down. This is literally hey, what we yes. do best. Absolutely. So, yes. to start this off, he was born January 7th. 1978. In- Does that make him a Capricorn? Perhaps. Capricorn's the worst. I feel like it does. Sorry. <laughs> Interrupted already. <laughs> that, is that your statement? Capricorns are the worst? I'm, well, let me just double check before oh, I like, oh, we gotta say pause. that. For sure. Uh, okay. Capricorn birthdays, I guess. Let's see. I can't remember, to be honest. December 22nd to January 19th. There you go. Good job, Perry. Gold star. I know very few Capricorns that are on point, so. Here we go. Merch. Capricorns are the worst. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Alrighty. So, like I was saying, when he was born, out of Utah. Yep. Okay. So, he's the second child out of ten total other siblings. That's a huge family. No, thank you. Uh His parents didn't believe in government interference, so uh, that includes public schools, modern medicine as well. Winner. So, very much a live-off-the-grid kind of family. Yeah. When uh, when Keys was was young, he and his family moved to Washington, and in this house they did not have heat or electricity. While in Washington, Keys' parents left the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints and became fundamentalist Christians and joined a white supremacy church. And I did. I just happened to have it in front of me, so I added. It's uh, a movement called the Christian Identity White Supremacist Movement. 
Oh, geez. Doesn't sound good. So I don't have to interrupt you later. I also added this in. These are a special group of people that believe that God's chosen people are not the Jews or the Israelites, which it specifically says in the Bible that they are, but that they're actually British people. They're all white. And they named him Israel to reclaim the name as a white person. And that movement is called British Israelism. Israelism? Just want to put that out there. So we're starting super strong. Sorry, I won't interrupt I'm breathless, you. actually. Again, I'm, never, I'm never <laughs> speechless. And that actually left me speechless for about, about two seconds there. Ooh, ouch. Yeah. Woof. Yeah. Moment like, woof. Yeah. Yeah. Not okay. Oh, and then to add, sorry, I can add one more thing. Go for it. Um, and there is a group of those people that actually, there's a town not too, 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 too far away. Like, it could be a day trip for me. Mm-hmm. And there's a town in Missouri. It's either called Garden of Eden or Garden of the Gods. I'm not really sure. But they believe that the Garden of Eden was actually in America, in yeah. Missouri. Uh, That's what I'm reading right now, yeah. That. Yeah. So it's that same group of people that think that white people are the best. So super not great people all right then sorry all right now, then. now so, i'm done um, you're a-okay so <laughs> we just kind of painted the picture of that's a household he grew up in was a very radical realistic uh not yes. realistic religious house with most likely extremely racist parents we're just gonna start the paint paint the picture of a very i i don't want to say unstable but probably a very stressful house so from there, they, the family, it seemed like the family also moved around quite a bit because from there, the family moved to Oregon and then again to uh, Maine mm-hmm. to be apparently closer to an Amish community, which would make sense considering that they didn't like to have houses with heat, electricity, common amenities, and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, it looks like something that you were going to put in, Perry, was that you don't believe that he moved even, he did, might not have moved with them to Maine. I don't Maine. think he moved with them to Maine. I think at that point he already was 18 years old. When they moved okay. to Maine, but his family did live in Maine for the entire, like, his entire adult life. Gotcha. Yep. So, from there, growing up, Keys, uh, Keys would break into neighbors' houses to steal guns. Love that. He enjoyed hunting and killing slash hurting animals, which we all know is a red flag mm-hmm. for bad, bad things to come in the future for children. Not only was he known for harming and killing animals... Mm-hmm. He was also known for pursuing anything with a heartbeat. If that doesn't give you the shivers, I don't know what else does. Yeah. He apparently also shot and killed his sister's cat. Wow, what a rude dude. Yeah. Who does that? So while a teenager, Keyes told his family, family he was no longer religious and his father cut ties with him and his mother still remained fairly close to him throughout. After that, he joined the military Right before joining the military, he was convicted of sexual assault of a teenage girl, which I'm very shocked that he was able to join the military, even though he had that conviction under him. Yeah, I don't know if it was because he was maybe 17 or something, and so... Maybe it was Maybe it was kept off the record? I don't know. Obviously, we're not police, so we don't understand. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, no, so it was actually next... really horrific. Uh, apparently, oh, he's stalked like a river... And a bunch of teenage girls, like, 14, 15, went tubing down the river, and he just, like, grabbed her. Can you imagine tubing down the river at 15, and a man comes out of the bushes, grabs you, sexually assaults you, and then he was thinking about killing her, but, like, didn't, and just put her back 
on the tube and put her back in the river. What? Yeah, that's the story. Who like, does that? Israel Keys. Okay. Well. Wow. Yeah. That's just Winner. that. What? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I guess um, we are going to continue <laughs> yeah. continue with this dumpster fire, yeah. known as Keys. Keys served in the U.S. Army starting at July 1998, and then finished his time in July of 2001. It's very short. Yeah, he didn't mm-hmm. save very. He probably just did like one enlistment. Mm-hmm. While serving, uh, serving, he went to um, Egypt, mm-hmm. Fort Hood in Texas, and then Fort Lewis in uh, Washington. During this time, he received a DUI, but other than that, he had no other run-ins with the law. I did make a note, alcohol is a recurring theme in his life, so he probably was a little bit of an alcoholic. Um, probably. Like most people in the army I've met are. <laughs> I feel not like to say they is, all I'm, are, but... <laughs> no. Personally, not everyone in the military has a drinking problem, but Absolutely. it is a very big issue in the military that I want to talk on on future... Yeah. It's also a big recurring theme uh, if you've been abused as a child as well or neglected. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, man, you got to drink to numb the pain, man. Yeah, exactly. So, Perry, I'm going to let you have the rest of those. Have fun. And I'll, don't worry, I'll interrupt you, though. Okay. While he was in Washington, uh, I'm just going to finish that. He did meet a girl. I'm not going to name who she is, but he did end up fathering a child with her. After he found out that she was pregnant with his child, he then admitted that he was actually engaged to somebody back home. Super fun. So somehow he was pulling more than one woman. She was, I think, originally from Alaska. And he ended up following her to Alaska. And once he was there. The baby mama? The baby mama. Okay, so so we followed the baby mama up to Alaska. Yes. I believe it was the same baby mama. I know there was multiple girlfriends. I'm a little foggy if this was, I believe it was the mother of his child. There was definitely a child and a woman that he moved to Alaska with. 100%. I know that for sure. Okay, so it's most like, so he most likely followed the baby mom. I'm very specifically not getting into names because these women didn't commit these terrible, terrible things and should really not be associated with him. You know what I mean? So I'm specifically making that kind of vague. Once he got to Alaska, he did start his own contracting business, like in construction. Um, And I just want to put that out there. So, thing about serial killers, right? Um, most serial killers that we know uh, have a type, like Ted Bundy, like brunettes with middle parts, and John Wayne Gacy preferred adolescent boys. Robert Picton and Gary Woodway both preferred sex workers, okay? So that's, like, usually a theme. Before they are called serial killers, they were called, um, like, pattern killers or um, there's something else, deviants, whatever. Um, yeah. But so typically there is like a specific pattern that they follow. And if it's not by victim, it could be the way that they kill their victims is what is important to them. So it's either the type of person or it's the way they kill, like the method. Yeah, it's very, it's supposed to be almost like, um, excuse me, it's supposed to be like a um, ceremonial. Right. Like that's the thing that's important. For example, Dennis Rader or BTK, uh, it was important to him that he strangled his victims, bind, torture, kill, which is like, okay, dude, you think you're important. You just suck. Um, he but- is, he's someone I could probably talk to, talk about because I, the way he was caught was literally because of his own ego. That's the only reason why he was it's caught. the way Israel Keys was caught too. These men, who raised men? Oh my God. Anyways. <laughs> some so, people's kids. Some people's kids, man. But what's, like, 
unnerving a little bit about Israel Keys is that he really didn't have a pattern. He had a system, but he didn't have a pattern necessarily. His choice of victim was basically convenience. And I do want to say it's right now. opportunistic. Yeah. I want to say right now, his method of killing, he varied. He did say that in interviews later after he was caught, because uh, spoiler alert, he was caught. He said that his least favorite way to kill somebody was with a gun, probably because he's a sick, twisted freak. But he would quick. use it if if needed. But he was just kind of like, whatever, you know, whatever works to get the job done was was his way of thinking about it. I do want to say right now that he was ever formally charged with three murders. So like just barely scrapes, like scrapes into serial killer territory. And then there's one more, bless her heart. She was uh, a drug addict. I don't have her name here. And it's very likely that he did also kill her. So it's kind of like assumed he did, but he refused to talk about her. But he also had like a visceral reaction to her photo. So it's assumed, but he never admitted to it. So again, there's only three when he was actually caught. Okay. So. <laughs> so he was only I, convicted of three. Well, he was never convicted because of a reason. Oh, okay. Then I carry guess, on. Carry spoiler on. alert, uh, he unalived himself because he's, uh, I have a quote here. Spoiler alert, regardless of how cool and tough he thought he was, he was actually a tiny, sissy, wussy, idiot baby, is my exact note on how I feel about him. So, yeah, some people claim that he was a genius and that he outwitted police for years and he's like so diabolical. But literally, like I can tell you the only reason he got away for it for so long is because he used the U.S. police's most obvious problem against them. And that's that they don't communicate between states. So he yep. did the barest minimum of just crossing state lines. And like that doesn't really make you all that smart. It just, yeah. it makes you slightly aware of an issue like that's it his murders just were so spread out that you know he wasn't really caught but the very first murder he committed close to home was his undoing so it's not like he did anything extra special necessarily so he's not really a genius um he does say that his first murder was right before the military right around the time of that sexual assault um but he never said who it was and they were never able to prove that again he says that there was more right before he killed himself while he was in police custody. He drew a picture of 11 skulls. Now, that could be a significance of he's killed 11 people. Uh, it could be him expressing his artwork. He also liked to write really bad poetry and he thought he was like really cool. Like he, I know people Ooh. like him where they have this like completely out of this world, like understanding of themselves and think they're very cool. So he could have just been like, I'm going to leave 11 skulls, even though I only killed four people and yeah. make them look for them forever. And like, waste. like Which, that's there's a, a chance they probably would. Especially yeah. if he gave them, because the issue is that if you were to give law enforcement just enough little, little, yeah. little crims, they would chase it. Right. And they did for and, a long time. Yeah. Right. So that's one of those things, like, you can say it's 11, it could be more. Again, it could we, be less. It could be less. We know of at least three. We're pretty sure about four at this point. But this being said... Don't want to talk about his method because it is messed up. So what makes Israel Keys the stuff of nightmares? 
is that because he had a job as a contractor and he and his girlfriend had like very like independent relationship from each other, he had the means to commit these crimes. A lot of serial killers are limited to what's close by. And he wasn't because he had a very flexible job. Okay. So he was living in Alaska, but he would travel very frequently back down to the lower 48. And he would make not one trip, but two trips. The first one, he would get like a five gallon like Home Depot or Lowe's bucket. And then he would put a kill kit inside of there. Tape, rope, knives, and a gun, which he would like extra oil up so it wouldn't jam when he went to use it. So we'd go, he'd hide his kill kit, he'd continue traveling, and then later he would come back, dig up the kill kit in a rented car, and just grab somebody that was nearby. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So that to me, like, that's the thing that got me because I was like, talk about premeditation. Like, if he's guilty of nothing else, it's guilty of premeditation. You know what I mean? He he knew what he was doing. He planned it. He followed his plan. And it, yeah. it to me seems because like when it always comes down to like when it, when like it comes down to like the law and like going up against a jury and all that, it always comes down to what is the intent? Was yes. the intent there? The intent, in my opinion, is a thousand percent there. If he's making, building, hiding kill kits across the lower 48, mm-hmm. he knew in his mind what he was doing and was planning it. Oh, yeah. And, like, that stuff is not, I don't want to say it's not cheap and not inexpensive, but, like, guns are not the cheapest. So that means he was probably obtaining a handful of guns here and there, oiling them up, and then hiding them with his kill kit. And, like, I just, it just screams to me that obviously he knew what he was doing and he was okay with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's also messed up is his disposal of victims. He said that there were unidentified victims that he would drown in lakes and whatnot. Probably his most prevalent victim. He said that he dismembered and drowned. Uh, Well, not, I guess not drowned anymore, but submerged in a lake. Uh, I did hear on the last podcast on the left, who has a great two-parter on Israel Keys, I love their take on it, uh, that he had a little, like, ice fishing house, and he would bring it out onto the lake, and then he would dispose the body. And then he would go fishing and then cook the fish that he caught. Uh, he has to have a cover story. Come on, Perry. Yeah, but, like, to be so, like, like, no. Like, fish first and then dispose of the body. Like, what if you, you know what I well, mean? what if someone walked up on him him fishing? That's why you well, gotta dispose the body first yeah, and then catch the fish and go home lake, and cook it. What if they caught the body part and then you're at the scene? I don't know. I'm not trying I mean, to give advice be here. like, that's not mine. I'm just here fishing. <sighs> you're not wrong. So. <laughs> Come on, let's be that's, honest. That's how it would probably go. Yeah. So that's horrible. And again, his victims haven't really been found. Uh, there's also speculation that he would burn his victims too and that made them hard to find as well depending on the victim it can make it very hard to identify depending on how severe they were damaged and depending on how intelligent he was with doing this he could completely make them very hard to identify if like it like for a great example if you were to pull all their teeth that'd make it very hard to identify with the dental records and if you're burned you it's very hard to probably use hair because yeah. it could possibly be gone by then. Same thing with, obviously, fingerprints. Won't be there if they're roasty-toasty gone. Yeah. 
So, sure. but I mean, this is like 2008. Like we had security cameras and like cell phones and like things. But like if he was living up, people. well, depending on where he was in Alaska, though, is going to make a difference though, because as big as Alaska is, it is a very big state. It is a state that has most of its population in cities. Right. When it come, when you basically step outside the cities, it's all forest, wildlife, lakes. So yeah. there, I don't think it'd be un feasible to use yeah. a state like that or a state like washington that are there's it's gonna true. be areas of no humans in the right. area absolutely i'm not condoning and i'm not giving right, ideas but, to people but i'm just yeah thinking from the thousands of hours i have consumed yes true crime id stuff it's just to me just screams he had a plan and he followed it exactly until he was stupid and got caught also, Carry on, you, Perry. Sorry. No, you're good. Do you know how we paid for all this traveling? I mean, he had to go everywhere twice. Do you know how we paid for that? How? Uh, he robbed banks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, he wouldn't rob big banks. Like, he did take the time not. to, like, find small town banks. Uh, oh, the would, little indie ones, yeah. Yeah, he'd find towns with uh, an easy, with separate entry and exit point. So he'd come into one entrance, rob the bank, leave. Never go back to that town. So uh, according to uh, Wikipedia, because I just grabbed a quote from them right quick, he also confessed to committing bank robberies in New York and Texas. The FBI later confirmed that Keyes robbed the community bank branch in Tupper Lake, New York in April of 2009. He also did tell the authorities that he burglarized a Texas home and set it on fire. So robbing for people. Him. So we're up to hurting animals. Arsons. Sexually assaulting women. We have arson. We have murder. So he is just... And we have, and we have um, robbing banks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we have... He's just... What are we missing on the list of bad crimes? I'm very confused. I don't think he's not hit all the markers at this point. I mean, what's left? Yeah. <laughs> I'm having a hard <laughs> he time got a DUI, to place what he's really so left on the... So driving. I mean, maybe he filed his taxes He had a Dewey. He had know. a Dewey at one point. He DUI. Did. Yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> so that's enough about him i guess um i did want to take the time to focus on three victims that i mean again he wasn't convicted because he killed himself to get away from it but the three people that we do know that he killed so the first two were actually up in new england his family still lived in maine and i think he actually owned some land in maine so he was up in new england there was a couple their names were bill and lorraine courier of Exis- Exis- Essex, Vermont. And they were just like a nice, I believe, like more like towards retired age couple. Um, Probably. Yeah. And he literally just targeted them because they had no kids in the house. Because, oh, he wouldn't kill kids. That was too much. Oh. That was the line. A 15-year-old I'm girl he can assault, but he's not going to kill children. And they didn't have a dog. So that was literally enough to make them a target. And he came in and he like tied up the husband and he assaulted and murdered the wife and then murdered the husband see i'm just yeah. saying because um my husband does listen to this podcast just saying he went after them because they didn't have a dog yep gonna get a dog <laughs> i need a dog i need a dog and it's I need also, a murphy <laughs> i also want to know that the bodies have not been found but it is suspected that there was a fire not too far away from them around that time so it's thought that um and that's where They're it loops back that there. they think he might have been burning victims. Yeah. But their bodies to this day have never been found and their family has no peace about it and they are torn up. So it does sucks. Horrendous. 
So that brings us to Samantha Koenig. Koenig? Um, she was a teenager, and I hate that he killed her because she seemed really sweet, honestly. And she, she was, yes. She was the one. She was the one that was a barista. Mm-hmm. And she was the, the key to his undoing, honestly. It was yeah. with her case that they were able to stop him. His problem is that he got a little too cocky. He got a little bit too comfortable, and he thought he was too smart for the police, and he grabbed a girl in Alaska from her job at a coffee shop. It's almost like a kiosk. Like, it, I don't yeah. think people could come inside of it. It was just, like, almost like a... It almost looks like a pop-up, because I watched a video to... Pop-up. It was yeah. horrifying. Did you watch the footage of I did. The That's actually how I... Because I don't know how, but I actually never heard of keys prior to you bringing up the topic. I probably have heard through, I probably have heard about him through like other things, but his name never stuck with the list of random information I have of serial killers because that makes me seem really weird. (laughs) And I, when I was watching through a video, because I'm one of those people, like I'll watch a video or two to like kind of get a general idea. And one of the things I did watch was how she had a kiosk and it looked like probably a little bit bigger than like, probably like my bedroom. It was a Mm -hmm. 10 by 10. It looked almost like a pop-up that they probably had I don't want to say middle of nowhere, but probably somewhere where people would go to get a cup of coffee at a weird hour. Yeah. Because hours are weird in Alaska because of the day-night cycle being weird. Right. <sighs> yeah. Sorry, so, carry on. No, you're good. And I also just, like, think back to being a teenager. I think she was, I don't have her age on here, but, like, 18. Does that sound right? Like, right around that age? Yeah, she was working yeah. as a barista probably to pay for probably pay for fun time or for college yeah something or like school. that and i think her dad was like gonna pick her up and yeah it was it was awful but so keys comes in well comes up to the window orders a coffee as she's like making his coffee 18 he 18 yeah that's what i thought she was 18. Um, sorry i was looking up the no, thank about you. it. <laughs> so he you know gets a weapon says come with me you can see her react on this awful video and um yeah it's terrible and he has her turn the lights out so when he does kidnap her you can kind of see the shadows but you can't tell who it is Uh, he did on purpose absolutely so he kidnapped her brought her back to his shed okay apparently brought her back assaulted her uh once at least like let her freeze out there for a little bit at one point i guess he brought her something to drink in a bowl for her to lap up and he brought out like a glass of red wine he could drink to like show how sophisticated he is in front of her which i was just like screw you honestly like that doesn't make you cool dude (sighs) anyways he did then kill her and then he went on a cruise he left her body in his shed to freeze because it was winter in Alaska. And he went on like a week cruise with just like, hey, nobody go into my shed. All right. So after he gets back from his cruise, he thinks to himself, I need more money to kill more people. So we're going to add extortion and ransom basically, to his list of things he did. So at this point, she's missing. Everyone's aware she's missing. It's all going on. He gets back from his cruise and he texts a picture of her who's been dead for over a week to her dad to say, give me $30,000. Now, but keep in mind. Yes. 
what he did though to make her look quote unquote still I alive I know is I think he he oh he used fishing wire mm-hmm. to to close her eyes and then proceeded to basically draw on eyes yeah he bought because apparently he's a makeup, makeup artist now too he got drugstore makeup. and he caked her with makeup to make her quote unquote look a lot more alive mm-hmm. and then held a newspaper next yeah. to her to show the date yeah and that's what he sent yeah I'm sorry I really had to put that disgusting detail in because it is very yeah yet again i think to me it just shows the intent to me it just screams he knew what he was doing and like wholeheartedly and like to be able to do that and not care like there's no soul in your body just not absolutely not Mm -mm. after that he did get i think five thousand dollars but the dad's like i don't have thirty thousand dollars i like they weren't a wealthy family by any means mm. uh but <laughs> the one stupid thing he did is you can only take out five hundred dollars at a time so his big plan was i'm gonna text from her cell phone to the dad to say put in this money and you get your daughter back but sh- shocking you're not gonna get your daughter back but he can only take 500 out at a time. So you have to take 500 out of an ATM every single day for like two months in order to get all this money out. So like not your best plan, right? Uh, so he did it like twice, but then like it was a huge profile case at the time. So literally every single person was on to him. So he ended up at that point leaving and going back down to the lower 48. They were able to track his movements because he kept taking out money everywhere he went, Right. And there was also a time that they were able to catch him uh, or catch his outline and then his car, which he had rented a white 2012 Ford Focus at the time. Which you can't really miss. I mean. Because they're, they're simple, but at the same time, it's a rental car. They're going to have the license plate. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so he... <laughs> He was on his way to Texas. We know that because his sister's wedding was there. But before he got to Texas, he was like, mm, I'm going to be super smart because there's a chance he, they saw my car. And so I'm going to swap out my car at Avis, right? But the problem is, is the only other available car at that Avis that he went to was a white 2012 Ford Focus. So the Bolo was Oof. out for a white 2012 Ford Focus rental car. He traded it. I guess he just went okay, good enough. Uh, well, not like because the license plates won't line up. That's probably I what he was so. hoping for. But they didn't have license That's plate what... number. I don't. Know. I don't know why he didn't just like go see what like budget was doing. But I'm glad he didn't. He didn't want to shop around. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't have time for that. <laughs> yeah, but like that's. Honest to God, how they caught him is because he had a bolo out. So he had one last withdrawal at Equality Inn in Lufkin, Texas. And there was a cop that had the bolo that knew he was based on the trajectory, like trajectory projection route. Projection. We're looking for him there. And they didn't stop him right away, but he followed him. And he went like one mile per hour of the speed limit. And they pulled him over and they ran the plates. And it was Israel Keys. And it showed that he had an... Alaska driver's license and this woman was killed in Alaska and they did they arrested him and he pretty much immediately was like yep I sure did and then he proceeded to talk to them for hours like wasting yeah. their time and like 
giggling at his own jokes and like thinking he's the coolest thing ever a lot of the articles i was reading is that he even made the fbi very uncomfortable yeah i mean if you see a picture of him like he is very off-putting well he also looks very comfortable because like i one of the articles that will be tagged or not tagged but dropped in the notes is one of the ones i just dropped which actually puts a lot of reference pictures by the way and one of them is when he gets arrested showing on uh june 7th uh 2012 He's sitting in, like, you know, the normal, like, jumpsuit style. And he he looks like he was just chilling. Like, he doesn't look unnervous. He looks, he's kind of sitting at an angle. Like, he looks cozy. Like, he looks comfortable. Like, I also feel like he might have knew his last murder was going to be his undoing because he kind of got a little, he got a little, he got a little extra with it. So he got caught. Yeah. Like, he didn't. He he didn't stick to his rules. No. And maybe he was bored. I don't know. I don't. I think what it is, I think, or he just he didn't want to do it anymore, so he finally purposely messed. He purposely messed up. Yeah, like he up to go. Hey, hi, hi. Yeah, I don't know. I almost think like with his other two murders that he like the uh, Bill and Lorraine, like they were so. I mean, they were in the news, and like he didn't get caught, so maybe he thought he would never get. But he also stayed pretty far away from the area, though. True. 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 And he also wasn't demanding money from the family. Yeah. Uh, for them to watch where the ATM, where the card was going to start pinging. Yeah. I do want to add that he very specifically mentioned a uh, hesitance to talk because he didn't want to be made into one of those, like, cheap true crime TV shows. Um, so now, as my rebellion, this free podcast is going to talk about him in disgust. <laughs> so uh, he gets not what he wants. So screw that guy. And I mean, he shouldn't get what he wants at this point, for goodness sake, for what he did, for what he put through all of these families, especially Mm -hmm. for for Samantha. Like, it's really morbid on how he went after he targeted her and like what he put her through was pretty morbid. Um, I think this is something that I don't think Perry mentioned. I don't know if she was not going to mention this. Maybe not, but go for it. Um, when I was, the documentary that I was watching talks about how even though she was left in the shed to basically freeze to death at one point, when he went back to take the pictures and all that, he assaulted her. Oh, I did leave while that she out. While she was dead. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I just want to put that out there that he, uh, proceeded. So that's actually another good you check were... mark that he has on his, um, on his, uh, criminal that's resume. What he was missing was a little light necrophilia. Yeah. Yeah. He I think that's actually one of those things that, like, when I watched it and heard about it, I, like, I think I paused and, like, ran over to my husband, like, who does this? And he's just like, what? <laughs> and I'm just thinking about that. 2012. Mm-hmm. I think I was 18 in 2012. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we would have been. Because I was already exact... out of high school for a couple years at that point. Yeah. It was my freshman year of college. So she and I were Which like means exactly we would have been in age. his demographic to go after. Uh, yeah. Just to put that out there. Let me see. When was her birthday? Let's just see how close we are. 30 August 1993. So she was just like three months older than I am. Yeah. It's just really kind of interesting because when you look through his, his history kind of makes it, I don't want to say obvious, but kind of clear that he had a lot of issues. Mm -hmm. I mean, his upbringing could obviously be looked at because I mean, that's what a lot of psychologists, psychiatrists, all of them look at is like, where did you come from? Why do you behave the way you do? Mm-hmm. And like, it's hard. You can't always blame the parents, but you also have, like, what do you who do you blame it on? Because if yeah. if no one has caught this yet, 
at the end, after he was arrested, after everything was going through, he did proceed to um, kill himself in jail so that he cannot be sentenced to these crimes. Yeah. And I hate to say this, you I don't think it's uncommon that you see in a lot of these crimes, after they get caught, that there's a reason why they put them on suicide watch. Yeah. yeah. Not because they're worried that they're going to kill themselves or commit that. But it's so because they don't let them so they can we don't, stand trial. They want them to be able to pull, tr- like, go through and give some closure to some families. Because I bet you if, they, if, he, if he did not or he was stopped... Or whatever. This is if ands or buts. This is just me theorizing. Mm-hmm. He probably he could have actually came forward and actually talk about all of the possible eleven people he's possibly killed. Right, right. But they're never gonna get that. But then their situation, nope. like we joked about, you know, we're not gonna talk about Ted Bundy. But Ted Bundy did try to put off his death sentence again and again and again and again yeah. because, like, is Alaska a um, death penalty state? It's not, and I only say that because. I remember him wanting the death penalty and his goal was to get killed as soon as possible. And they were like, nay, nay, you can't do that. Cause I know Texas is, at least it was back then. He got arrested in Texas, but he was extradited. Can you say that? Yeah, he he would have been sent back. Yeah, he was, I mean, he was charged in Alaska and everything. So. Well, yeah, because he killed someone in Alaska. Yeah, yeah but they, it is. N- it um, the state does not uh, never has had a death penalty. Yeah. So like, okay, let's say he's the smart, smart, brilliant genius, but he didn't think to look whether or not the state he lived in was a death penalty state when he was like, I want the death penalty, and they're like, Yeah, no, you don't get that's the death the, penalty. That's, that's off the. Yeah. Like that's that's not how that works, my dude. So yeah, he was not that smart. I wonder, though, if he was hoping for the death penalty, if because he would have tried to kill in Texas. Maybe he did kill in Texas. That's the thing, though. He just never copped to it. But you would think True. that if he wanted the death penalty, he would be like, oh, hey, there was this person in Texas, BT Dubs. Instead of the only other couple is Vermont, which is not a death penalty yeah. state. And also, I don't know if that... You know what I mean? It's so like, for somebody that's like, I want the death penalty, you sure didn't do anything to get there. Like, you were going to get yeah, life in prison, my it's... dude. Overall, this is a really weird case. Um, By the way, for them to recover Samantha, they end up Mm -hmm. having to um, uh, dive in a lake, dive in a lake for her. Yeah. To recover her body in April, too. At least Or April 2nd, 2012. Two months, honey. But at least they were able to get her body. And then I saw that she was cremated. And so, I mean, at least they have that, I guess. I don't know. There's no, there's no good ending to this. Yeah, there's no good endings. Um, I think it's really crazy that he got a lot, he was able to do a lot of things he did as long as he did. The biggest issue is like not much has been confirmed. Right. There's so much. So it's suspected of 11 people, which if he did that over a period of basically when he got out of the military on, that's a good chunk of time. For all we know, it could have been more than 11. It's just not all of them have been linked to him considering that he had killed kids across the states. Which they, he did like tell some of the authorities where they are and they were able some. to find those so which and- yeah, that's actually another article i'm posting which is a cbsnews.com mm-hmm. it shows pictures of his kill kits and then also how they were able to recover quite a bit of them yeah so but think about like even if okay let's say that in the span of 10 years he killed 11 people that's like one a year because we know one of them was a couple so that's a, a two in one year but think about how much time he's still devoting to planning and like like that must be the only thing he thought about. You know Probably. what I mean? Like 
Like, think about something else. You I know, mean, he had a kid. Raise your kid right. Focus on parenting. Get a different I mean, hobby. if you think about it this way, like, when you ever see, like, great example, what was the show I talked about earlier was Dexter. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Dexter focused a lot yeah. on his next victim. Yeah. And how he was going to do it and how it was going to be done and how he was going to do it. So I feel like as much as those shows, a lot of people kind of fight against them saying, like, they're they're... They're, you know, glorifying these things. It does give you the insight into a possible psyche of how they were. Yeah. Well, it's almost you like, know. you know, yes. when you hear about people with addiction and how that consumes their lives and how often they're thinking yeah. about that one thing. I mean, if you had an addictive personality, again, like potentially he was an alcoholic or struggled with alcoholism, at least, you know, if he had that addictive personality... Maybe that might have been possibly why he could have been or possibly was an alcoholic because he was maybe trying to drink to put those voices maybe away. If there were voices. I'm just saying voices because it's an easiest way to put it. Yeah. Huh. Or put those thoughts to rest. Who knows? It's one of those things we will never know oh, wow. because he is, you know, on he's, he's not here anymore. He's not here to give his, his opinion. Garbage. And that's why we talk about these things. That's why we talk about these things. So, ladies and men. Stay safe. All the people, stay safe. Don't trust any strangers ever. Get a dog. dog. Don't work alone at night. Um, Don't make coffee for people. Uh, (laughs) That's your cause? Don't make coffee for people? (laughs) ever. A lot of pepper spray. Just, yeah, that's that's what I got for you guys. That's my takeaway is everybody sucks (laughs) to be so careful. And, but also, don't be so careful that you have crippling anxiety. It's a beautiful balance. It really is. For me, my pullback on this is safety above above anything. As a female myself, I don't play around with that stuff. The minute that I am stateside, I always buy a new can of pepper spray. Um, I am not one for carrying, so that is normally my, my go-to is pepper spray. Um, I know for me, just be conscious of your surroundings. Uh-huh. If you don't feel safe or you don't feel comfortable, look go go straight to security. Look for law enforcement or call somebody if you don't feel safe. Close the shop um, early. Lock your doors. Yes, always lock your doors. Always lock your windows. Don't I, forget windows, man. I briefly had a stalker at one of my jobs, and I literally all my closing shifts because that's when he would come in. He would I would see him drive by, make sure that my car was in the parking lot, and then he would come in. Only after the other person left, so he was always alone with me. Yeah. I made my manager come in because she lived, like, near where I worked. And I was like, if I close, you have to be in the back office because I'm not getting yeah. murdered here. It's not worth it. I'm not being dragged off to my death, thank you. <laughs> yeah, not, I was, not like, today. 16. I was like, I'm not dying for seven twenty-five an hour. <laughs> no. No. And, like, but that kind of goes back to, I think women are kind of taught to be passive, be polite, be nice, be courteous. But if you don't feel comfortable, you don't feel safe. Make a fuss. Be yeah. out. Be annoying. Because if you turn around and say, I don't feel safe, mm-hmm. you're going to be throwing up some red flags. Yell if you have to. You know? I, I don't know. I I am such a big person when it comes to safety and stuff I like know. that. It just makes me anxious. It makes me so scared. It makes me so nervous. And that's probably one of my biggest fears about moving back stateside is safety. Because we've lived in this beautiful bubble overseas where the crime, crime rate is extremely low and yeah. all the other rates of crime have it's just it's it's a very safe environment i've lived the last eight years and i am nervous for our next adventure i am nervous for safety anywhere we go that's how i i I live near one of the most dangerous cities in the u.s and i haven't died yet 
I also don't stop at stop signs or stoplights when I'm going through there. But that's besides the point. <laughs> but yeah, um, thank you for listening to our yes. podcast. Stay safe, everybody, especially especially all you ladies. Please stay safe. Yes, um, absolutely. And also, oh yes. Also, also, we have not received any new um, star ratings or anything on mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts in quite some time. And also, apparently, Spotify, you can also rate podcasts now, too. So, please, Mm -hmm. if you have the time, new or old listener, please, this helps us out. It helps out the computers that do the podcast thing. It helps the algorithm and all that good stuff. Um, We are working on some other really big things that will be coming out most likely this summer. We will drop details when it gets a little bit closer. And if you have any suggestions for future True crime, MLM, military-related podcast ideas, please drop them in our DMs, uh, drop them in comment sections, email us at podcast at gmail.com. Tr- trust me, we want your ideas because we want to have that input. Because if you try and go, girl, give us some more true crime, guess what we're going to do? Do it. We'll give you more true crime. We'll if you want more MLM stuff. I, I know, Perry... Loves those episodes. My passion. <laughs> so fuel fuel our anger. Yes, please, definitely. Yeah, we love so, it. So thank you, everybody. All right, thanks so much for listening, guys. And we'll talk to you again in two weeks. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for listening to PS We Have Orders. If you want to reach out to us, please send us a DM on Instagram at PS We Have Orders Podcast, or you can always shoot us an email at PS We Have Orders Podcast at gmail.com. Also, if you can leave us a review wherever you listen, we'd really appreciate it. Until next time, guys.